All right, we are on lesson 14, the final lesson, and our goals for tonight concerning prayer in a quiet time is number one, we want to realize the importance of prayer. We want to realize the importance of prayer. We're going to see how important it was in Jesus' life, and if it was so important to Him being without sin to be to get time alone with His Heavenly Father, how much more should it be for us as sinful people living on this earth? Number two is we're going to learn different types of prayer. We're going to learn different types of prayer. And there's actually five different types of prayer that we're going to look at. And there are four different types of prayer that are found in multiple scriptures. Um, as we go through, we'll see some of those as well. And then we're going to talk about developing an active prayer life slash quiet time. Developing an active prayer time slash quiet time. And so, why is prayer so important? It's part of worship. Part of worship? It's connection. Connection? It's how we communicate with God. So, I mean, it's it's important because it keeps us in fellowship, like he said, and in connection with God because it's how we speak to God and it's how we uh, maintain our fellowship with Him. You know, the truth is, who would you go to um, whenever you had a need? Let's say that um, you, you don't have much money and um, the cost of gas has gone way up and um, I'm talking about gas to heat your house, and so you have no heat, and and you've got a gas bill that's overdue. It's a hundred dollars. Who are you going to go to to get that hundred dollars? Jerry. <laughs> you know, you're going to go to a guy that maybe lives down the road that you just kind of cross paths with every once in a while. He's really rich. He's got all kinds of money. To give you a hundred dollars would be nothing at all. Or would you go to somebody like a friend or a family member that maybe is not that well off, but who you have a connection with? Is that who you would go to, or would you go to the stranger down the street? Who would you go to? Somebody who was a friend to you. Exactly. And so the same thing is true with God. You know, so many times we go to God when? Whenever we have a problem, you know, you do you have that friend that, hey, the phone's ringing. Oh, it's Joe. He's calling again. I know he's going to need something. You know, is that the way we want God to be with us? Mm-hmm. Well, here comes Brian. He's praying again. He must have a problem. I don't ever talk to him. I don't ever hear him talk to me except whenever he's got a problem. That's not the way we're to be with with Christ. We need to be with Him on a regular basis. We need to be in fellowship with Him. And we need to be talking to Him. And that's what... what that's why prayer is so important. It just helps us to maintain our our connection with Him, our fellowship, so that we're abiding in Him, as John chapter 15 talks about. You know, our power comes from abiding in Christ. That's how we gain our power to produce much fruit. It comes from our connection with Him. And so that's why it's so important. What is prayer? Communication. Communication. communication is simply talking to God. And so, you know, so many people, whenever they go to God in prayer, they think it has to be so formal and everything, but it's 
ultimately we're just communicating with God. And we can do that whenever we're driving down the road. We can do that as we walk into a meeting. We can do it, you know, just walking into a meeting. God, just help me as I go in here that... um, that this is a profitable meeting, that I don't say anything that I shouldn't say or something like that. I mean, it can be that simple. We don't have to go, oh, Heavenly Father, at this time, I just wish that You would help me at this situation and forgive me of all my sins and all of these things. I mean, it's just simply communicating with God and talking to Him. There are times that, you know, we want to get alone with God and we want to have a quiet time where we where we can communicate um, more formally or maybe even informally, but, you know, where that's our focus is Him, but we can communicate and we can talk with Him as we go on our lives. And that's what prayer is. It's just simply talking to God. I like this. Oswald Chambers says, the meaning of prayer is that we get a hold of God, not the answer. You know, so many times we go to God and all we are asking Him for is give me the answer to my problem. Give me what it is that I need. And sometimes what it's ultimately about is getting a hold of God so that He can get a hold of you. Because sometimes what changes is not the situation or the circumstances. What changes is you whenever you get a hold of God and you allow Him to get a hold of you. So let's think about prayer and let's look at first the importance of prayer. And as we look at the importance of prayer, turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. And we're going to see the importance that it had in Jesus' life so that we can make application and see how important it should be in our lives as well. Mark 1. Mark chapter 1. Somebody want to read that? Beginning in verse 32 and going through verse 37. Mark chapter 1, verse 32 through 37. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Mm-hmm. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they explained, Everyone is looking for you. All right. So. Very, very key verse, very vital verses um, that we see here in this passage. So look at verses 32 and 33. What was, what was happening? Everybody was bringing their problems to Him. And so the whole city came, came to Jesus and they were bringing those that were sick and that needed to be healed. And then look there... At that, at that next verse, at verse 34, And He healed many who were ill with various diseases, cast out many demons, and He was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who He was. And so He was healing all these people. How do you think He did that? How could have Jesus healed all those people? I mean, you think about the whole city coming to you. What could have Jesus done to heal all of those people? 
He could have just said everybody's healed all at one time. Exactly. He could have said, hey, y'all are healed. You know, it's late at night. Um, I'm tired. I've got to go to bed because i got to get up in the morning to have my quiet time. But listen to this. This is the same passage in Luke chapter 4, verse 40. It says, laying hands on each of them. So Jesus didn't say, I'm tired, I've got to go to bed, I've got to, got to get up for my quiet time in the morning. He took the time with the whole city coming to Him. He was doing ministry. He was, he was talking to these people. He was healing them. He was laying His hands on them so that they would be healed. He loved each and every one of them. He wanted that connection with them. And so He healed them and He took the time to do this. But then, what does it say in verse 35? What did He do the next day? And in the early morning, while it was still dark, he arose and went out and departed to a lonely place and was praying there. So what did he do? He spent time with God in prayer. And then it's like I said a few weeks ago, you know, God is more... He, he wants that connection. He wants that relationship with you. He's more interested in what you do with Him than what you do for Him. And you know, so many times we make up excuses and reasons why we can't get up in the morning to have a quiet time or why we don't. We, you know, we've got all these excuses. Well, you know, or I can't come to church on Sunday morning. You know, the, the football game, we're not going to play until 7 o'clock. We have a 7 o'clock kickoff time. And so, you know, I'm not going to get home until late, so I can't, I can't come to church the next morning. You know, but Jesus, what was He doing? He was out doing ministry. I mean, He could have had a better excuse than, than going to a football game for, for, not ha- for missing His quiet time the next day. But what did He do? He got up early while it was still dark after individually touching those people and healing those people overnight. He got up early in the morning. He understood how important it was for Him to spend time with His Heavenly Father. So, what things do we see concerning Jesus in prayer? Number one is, Jesus took the time to pray. Number one is, He took the time to pray. So, He set aside that time, and, and that time was, was number one of importance to Him. And that's the way we need to be. If we set aside a time to be alone with God on a regular basis, then we need to to prioritize that time. We need to put it on our calendar and say, no, I cannot do anything because I have something already scheduled at that point in time. And that's the way Jesus did. So He took time to pray. How busy was Jesus? He was very busy. But prayer, we see, was a priority for Him. And then number two is Jesus found a place to pray. He went off by Himself. Let's think about that in our own lives. Do we have a time and a place where we get alone with Christ, where we can pray, where we can have a quiet time, where we can gain quality time with Him? And you may say, man, with all the craziness and everything that's going on in my life, I've got kids, I can't even get time in the bathroom alone, much less to have a quiet time. But what did Jesus do? He got up early in the morning while it was still dark, while everybody else is still asleep. 
because look at what it says there in verses 36 and 37 and Simon and his companions hunted for him and they they found him and said to him everyone is looking for you he doesn't just have kids that were looking for him he had a whole city he had healed the whole city and now everybody's coming after him and wanting to be with him because he could heal them and they weren't really looking for him to to be someone to be their savior he just they were looking at him more to be someone to provide and to protect them and to heal them and so everyone was looking for him but Jesus even though he was so busy he had a lot going on even though he was doing ministry he didn't even use that as an excuse he saw that being alone with his heavenly father getting time in prayer was important and like i said earlier if you think about jesus christ he was in perfect fellowship with his father he was without sin but yet what about us isn't it shouldn't it be important for us even more important than it was for jesus because let me tell you we sin i don't know about you but i know i do on a regular basis And so, how do we get back in fellowship? One of the aspects of prayer that we're going to see here in just a few minutes is confession. And so that's one aspect of prayer. And that's why we, through prayer, we confess our sins and we get back in fellowship with God. So any thoughts or comments about this passage and seeing the importance of prayer in Christ's life and how it should be in our lives as well? All right, well, let's move on. The next thing is the basics of prayer. As we look at the basics of prayer, we want to focus on two things, consistency in prayer and various types of prayer. First, let's think about consistency in prayer. Prayer is the key to maintaining what in our Christian life? Fellowship. 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 Exactly right. Maintaining our fellowship. Since this is true, we should consistently be praying We saw the importance in Christ's life and prayer should be ongoing in our lives as well. So how is it possible to be consistent in prayer? 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. Now I love this passage. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, so many people want to know what God's will is for their lives. Well, this passage tells you what God's will is for your life. It's to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. That's God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's the way God wants us to live. But that word where it says pray without ceasing, that the, the Greek word there is like the idea of having a hacking cough. And so, you, you know, you have a hacking cough. You've heard of people that have that hacking cough, or a lot of people say a smoker's cough, and that cough goes with them everywhere that they go. You know, it's just... <coughs> and they just, you know, they're just constantly coughing. And that's what that, that Greek word there in, uh, in pray without ceasing is. And so if we think about in our lives, you know, we... What do we do with the people that we love? I mean, we are in communication with them all the time. And we text back and forth. We call each other on a regular basis, sometimes multiple times a day. Why don't we do that with Jesus? You know, we'll take 
we'll we'll risk our lives texting and driving. You know, I've got to get this information to them. Somebody asked me a question. I've got to reply to them right now. And so we risk our lives texting and driving. But why don't we pray and drive? You know, you don't have to close your eyes and bow your head in order to pray and drive. I just want to make sure everybody's clear on that before you start praying and driving. But, you know, because what, what did we say? Prayer is just simply talking to God. We can talk to Him just like we can talk to anybody else, our friends, our family member on the telephone. You know, you may want to set up a, a text communication with God on your, on your phone. Maybe you just want to text. And so you can set that up where you can, where you can text back and forth and see what it, what it is that you got to say to Him. But we need to be in, in that constant communication. We need to be in fellowship with God on a regular basis. We need little quick prayers throughout the day. I mean, that's totally fine. God loves to hear from us and wants to hear from us. And so that's what we need to do. We need to have consistency in our prayer. Not just a specific time that we go to God in prayer in the morning or in the evening or well, I pray at meal times, and so, you know, that's enough. He wants to hear from us in all aspects, in every, everything in our lives. You know, we can go to God anywhere about anything at any time, and we need to remember that. Um, you know, the small things, the big things, everything. We need to be consistent in our prayer times. We need to pray without ceasing. And that takes us to the next thing, is the different types of prayer. And we want to look at five key words that show us different types of prayer. So turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. And we're going to see that in this passage, there are actually four types of prayer that are mentioned in this one verse. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 says first of all then I urge that entreaties and prayers petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men notice how this verse begins though before we get to these four key words how does this verse begin like begging you first, first of all so first of all, as a priority, how should we start each and every day? First of all, we should go to God in prayer. First of all, we should be praying about our problems, our situations, not going to God as a last resort. I've tried everything that I can do. Man, I, I don't know what else to do. Oh, I can go to God. I'm, I'm going to go pray now. But first of all, we should be praying. The first thing that we should be doing. So there's a priority, there's an importance, there's an order in which we are to do things. And first of all, I urge that the first word there is entreaties. Entreaties. And the meaning there is to make a request. To make a request. And the idea is that we make a request to God for ourselves. Faith loss. Sorry. Um, First Timothy chapter two, chapter two, two verse one. Okay, there you go. And what's the word? Entreaties. Entreaties. 
I'm really testing my English right now. <laughs> your translation may use a different word. Yeah, your translation may use a different word. Yeah, I guess it, it does. What's your verse say, Greg? I understand, first of all, that petitions and prayers. Intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people. Yeah, and so that's that's another meaning to make a request is a petition. Petition. Yeah, petition, entreaties, mm -hmm. request. Those are all the the, the same word, or that's the meaning of that same word, um, is the same thing. And so we're making a request, and the idea is that we make a request to God for ourselves. And then this, the next word that we see there is prayers. Prayers. And the meaning behind that is to worship, to bow down to the ground. Mm -hmm. And so we're worshiping God. And the idea is that we praise and worship God as we talk to Him. We praise God for being sovereign, to, for being almighty, all all-powerful, all-knowing God, the one who created us. God, I thank you that you, you know, that you're the creator of all things, that you created me and made me exactly how you want me to be. And then number three is petition. And the the better translation is um, what you read a while ago, and that's intercession intercession which your Bible um, had there because that's the meaning is to make intercession to make intercession and the idea there is whenever we make requests on behalf of others mm. when we make requests on behalf of others that's what intercession is uh, okay. and then number four is the one we don't want to leave out that's Thanksgiving. What was the idea on that one? Um, the idea is when we make requests for others. So the the meaning is to make intercession and the... You missed the meaning, sorry. You missed the meaning of yeah. that word? That's what I messed up, sorry. And then number four is Thanksgiving. And the meaning there is to give thanks to God pretty deep and profound there. The idea is whenever we thank God for all He's done. When we thank God for all He's done. Sometimes though, you know, we think about it, whenever we go to God, we get caught up with our wants, our needs, and we're praying to God for all these things and we forget to take the time to pray to God. But whenever we take the time to thank Him for what He's already done for us. Something that we've already, that we already have and we, we recognize what all it is that He's given to us. What it is that we have around us. How, how blessed we are, um, you know, financially, family-wise. Um, and what all that He's given us. Eternal life as a gift that He's given us. Um, the Holy Spirit to indwell us, to empower us. And whenever we take the time to thank Him for all it is that we have, 
sometimes those things that we're going to God with that we think are so important that we want these things, we need these things and, and God, but whenever we go to Him and we realize what all it is that we already have, sometimes those things become meaningless and uh, we don't even have the, the urgency to pray for Him whenever we started out that this is the most important thing. You know, I've, I've just got to have this. I've got to go to God. I've got, I've got to make sure He fulfills this. And then as we, as we take time to thank Him, sometimes those, those prayer requests become less important in everything whenever we realize and we take the time to thank Him for all that we already have. And then that takes us to the final one, and we have to go to a different verse to find this, but it is found in 1 John 1.9. 1 John 1.9 is the fifth aspect of prayer, and it is confession. Confession. We find it in 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. And so the meaning there it literally means to speak the same thing. So whenever we confess, we speak the same thing. God, I lied. God, I cheated. God, I stole. You know, what is it that we did? We, we speak the same thing. We say the same thing because that's what the word confession means. The Greek word there is homo legeo, homo, same, legeo, to speak. And so that's what we're to do. We're to speak the same thing. You know, we don't have to go to God and, oh God, please forgive me for all I've done. All we have to do is just to tell God what it is that we did. We tell on ourselves. You know, and a lot of times that's what we do um, to our parents. You know, we go to them. Uh, Mommy, I, I broke, you know, this glass. Um, you know, Daddy, I, I did this. I, I lied about, you know, having my homework done. And so I got to school and I got in trouble, you know. And so that's what they're doing. They're confessing um, to us. And whenever we confess our sins um, to Him, whenever we tell on ourselves, then He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so the meaning there is literally to speak the same thing. The idea is to tell on ourselves. The great uh, passage of Scripture you might write out beside there is Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. And um, he writes here, Let your ear now be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayers of your servant, which I am praying before you now, day and night, on behalf of the sons of, I of your servants, confessing the sins of the sons of Israel, which we have sinned against you. I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the ordinances, which you commanded your servant Moses. And so he is, he is saying, this is what we've done wrong. And, and I'm confessing this. I'm confessing it day and night because, you know, we're not doing what it is that we're supposed to do. As a people group, as individuals, we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. And so that's his confession there. And so that's what we do. We just literally tell on ourselves to God and then see there, we see what is God faithful to do, and that is to forgive and to cleanse. He forgives us of the sins that we confess. 
and then he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The things that we don't even think about, the things that we don't even remember that we did, that were wrong. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness, and immediately at that point in time, we are put back into fellowship with him. We're in, in perfect union and harmony with him at the moment that we confess our sins. Now, two moments later, probably not not in that same exact uh, situation but at that point in time we're back into into perfect fellowship remember that we can never lose our relationship at the moment we believe in Jesus Christ we become a child of God we're placed in the in his family John chapter 3 we're born again um, and so we're made spiritually alive he gives us eternal life and so we can never lose our relationship but we can lose our fellowship and so positionally um, positionally we have all of our sins forgiven past present and future but experientially we still sin and so that's why we go to God and we confess our sins and then he brings us back into fellowship experientially but positionally all of our sins have been paid for um, all of our sins have been forgiven at the moment we believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. We're, all of our sins are forgiven positionally, but experientially we confess those sins as we go throughout our lives. So why is confession so important? We are restored to fellowship with our Savior. We are restored to fellowship with our Savior. Now look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 again. Um, and we'll see that. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. And we see in this, in this passage of Scripture, and, and actually in Philippians 4, 6, we see those same four words that we saw in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Somebody want to read Philippians 4, 6? Just read 4, 6, and 7, though. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, that your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay. So we see those same, same words there. Um, starts off with prayer. And again, that prayer has the idea of worship, prayer supplication, has the idea of petition or intercession, and it's making that request, and then with thanksgiving, again, has the idea of thanksgiving, and then let your requests be made known to God. And again, that's that idea of making a petition or a request for yourself. So prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, and request. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, and request. Prayer is very important because it helps us to maintain our fellowship with God. May we understand the importance of prayer and spend time alone with God in prayer. 
with all of these different aspects that we've looked at. But because we have all of these aspects, it doesn't mean that in order to pray and to pray in the right way, then I have to do all of these things. Um, but, you know, we can go to God, we can make a request. We can go to God and just ask, um, you know, just confess our, our sin to Him. Just that that's the only thing we do. We can just go to God and do nothing but worship Him as, as we pray. We can just go to God and, and make requests for other people. Um, or we can put them all together and do, do everything. And so um, don't get caught up and think, well, it's not a prayer if it doesn't have all these aspects. These are just different aspects of prayer. But in many of the, the verses that you see, you see um, several of these aspects together. And we're going to see even one more here a little bit later on. But if you do want to think about these things, there is an acronym that a lot of people use um, to help them remember. And ACTS is what they use, and it's adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And so... And if you think about it, you know, this is what we do a lot of times whenever um, we or our children do whenever they come to us. Oh, mom, you, you look so pretty today. And then, uh, by the way, I, uh, you know, I, I did this or I did that. And thank you for being such a such a kind and, and a gracious mom. And then will you please, you know, not not discipline me by doing X, Y, or Z. And so, you know, it's kind of a good order and it's something that, that we see in our lives. But adoration, you know, give Him worship, give Him praise for who He is. Confess our sins so that um, we're back, in, back into fellowship with Him. Give Him thanks for all that He's done for us and then end up with, with our requests. Um, so that we're we're in fellowship whenever we make those supplications, and supplications can be the requests that you make for yourself and on behalf of other people as well. And so that's kind of one way that you can think about and uh, use that if you want to. I encourage you as well to um, get a prayer journal. Um, I encourage you to get a journal to journal in on an everyday basis as you read God's Word to write down some thoughts that you have and we'll talk more about that here in just a minute whenever we get to quiet time but also to have a prayer journal because it's so key and so vital to see whenever you make these requests and then you see that God answered God answered God answered and now here comes a big one man what do I do I go to God and I look, answered, answered, answered. If God answered all of these, then He can answer this one. And whenever you don't write those down and see all those things that God has answered in the past, sometimes you begin to doubt whenever you go with the big things. Is He going to answer? Well, I've seen He's been faithful in the past. He's going to be faithful again. So I encourage you to do that, to, to get it for that aspect. But I also encourage you to get it because how many times have you had someone come up to you and say, hey, man, will you pray for me? i got this big test this week, or I've got this big interview this week. And then they, you see them the next week, hey, man, thanks for your prayers. You know, um, I, I passed the test. Or thanks for your prayers. The interview went great. And you're like, 
yeah, yeah. But I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> you know, and uh, you didn't pray for him because what did you do? You forgot. And so, um, you know, write those things down. Have a prayer journal so that we can remember to pray for those people that that ask us to pray for them. And that's a good way to do that. Uh, Brian, um, I'm not super clear on the difference between supplication and request. Um, supplication is is generally or intercession is asking on re- on behalf of somebody else. So I'm I'm praying for you and him and all these people but to make your request or a petition is for the individual. So I'm praying on behalf of myself. And but a lot of times the word supplication you can use in both aspects. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm praying for this person or for that person. But, kind of but, but, right? but petition, yeah, petition and intercession are kind of the two distinctive words, um, but they can all kind of gather around together. Okay. But it seems it's, like the translations aren't like yeah. great, but I guess the words are different in Greek, so yes. if you look at that, maybe that helps. I need to, to learn a third language now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah. All right, so next, let's move on down and talk about having a quiet time. What is what is a quiet time? Just generally speaking, what is, what is it? Whenever you're talking biblically, so you get away from all your distractions to get somewhere. To do what? Study, prayer, meditation. Okay, yeah. So it's a quiet time, basically some place that you go to get away from all the distractions where you can be alone and your focus can be on Christ. And uh, we make a distinction, or JB does, I do myself as well, um, the difference between Bible study and having a quiet time. Having a quiet time is where we get along with God and we, we read His Word not to know every detail about it, um, to dig into it, but we're getting to know the person of Christ, to getting to know the person of God, to getting to know the Holy Spirit. We're getting connection is what we're going there for. And, um, and to have that communication back and forth with God as as we pray, as as we dig His Word, as we journal, as we meditate and think on the things of God. That's what that's what having a quiet time is all about. But Bible study is where we dig into the Word of God and we want to know what does this passage mean and and what what are some takeaways that I can that I can take from this um, and apply to my life. But but ultimately, you're trying to find the meaning and, and what it is that the author's saying and everything. And so it takes a lot of time to do Bible study. But quiet time, I mean, you can do it in 15 minutes a day. You can do it even as little as five minutes a day. But you can do 15 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, an hour a day, um, whatever time period that you want. But in order to do Bible study, I mean, you need a minimum of... 30 minutes to an hour to start digging a passage to see the who, what, where, when, why, how, and then look at those verbs, those connectives, those keywords and everything like we did in that Bible study section there. 
And so there's a distinction that we make um, between having a quiet time and having Bible study. But let's look at the life of Daniel in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 and 11. If you want to turn there, um, you can. But there, um, you know, Daniel's being raised up to a position of authority and the, the leadership around him um, do not like it. You know, he's, he's uh, in exile and uh, he's in another country and... and uh, and they're raising him up to a position and those people around him they they don't like it and so they're like finding a way how how can we get this daniel um how can we trip him up how can we get him um taken out and so they come up with the plan they they realize the only way that that we're going to get daniel is to get him to defect from his God because we know that he's not going to defect from his God. So they come up with this plan and they get the king to write this injunction that um, that they that no one can make a request to man or to God um, other than the king for 30 days. And so the king signs this injunction into place. And then look at what it says here in Daniel chapter 6 beginning of verse 10. It says, Now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, the injunction would have been put in, put in place, he entered his house, now in the roof chamber. He had his windows open toward Jerusalem, and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. Then these men came by an agreement and found Daniel making petition and supplication before his God. And so Daniel said, the laws of men are not going to overdo the laws of God. I'm going to continue doing what it is that I've been doing. And there is no other God other than the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and that is the God that I'm going to pray to. And notice what it said there. His pattern was daily prayer. He was on his knees three times a day. So it wasn't just, I start my day off with my morning prayer, right? I come to bed and I go to bed at night and I say my prayer and then I go to sleep. He was three times a day. He got up in the morning, he'd pray. In the middle of the day, he prays. And then at the end of the day, he prays. And then constantly, I guarantee you, throughout his day, he, he stayed in, in communion, in, in uh, connection with, with God as he went throughout his day. But he had three set-aside times that he stopped whatever it was that he was doing, and he got alone, and he prayed to God. And so his pattern was daily prayer on his knees three times a day. And so, but also notice in this passage as well, um, since we're there, look at what he did. He knew this document was signed and he was kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying, giving thanks, making petition and supplication. And so there's those four words come back again that we see in this passage just like we saw in the passages earlier in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and then also in Philippians 4 chapter 6. We see that those four aspects are there as well. 
So, Daniel, he, he prayed as he went throughout his day. He had his quiet times whenever he got alone with God. What is the purpose for having, having a quiet time? It's to what? Maintain what? Fellowship. Our fellowship with Christ. To maintain our fellowship with Christ. Our goal is to be with Christ, having time and fellowship with Him. So what do we do in order to have fellowship according to Psalm 1-2? Psalm 1-2. But His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law He meditates day and night. So number one is we see there that He delights in the Word. He delights in the Word. Do, do you and I delight in the Word? Do you find joy when, and, and delight whenever you go to the Word of God? Whenever you have a quiet time? Let me tell you this. I didn't used to. I used to go to the Word of God as a checklist. Mm-hmm. This is what I've got to do today, and so I'm going to get it done so I can check my box. Whenever I did that, I got no delight. I got no joy. I checked my box, and I went on about my day. But whenever you sit down, you, you get in that quiet place, you focus on God, you focus on His Word, and you begin to have fellowship with Him. You get to understand who He is and, and what He has for you and how much love He has for you. Um, then it changes everything. And then you can't wait to get to your quiet time. You can't wait to get into His Word to see what He's going to tell you today because God communicates with us through His Word. And He wants to tell us something. And if we go to His Word listening for what He has to tell us, not looking for what it is that I want from Him, God, I've got a question for you. I'm going to go here to Your Word today and You need to give me my answer. If you go in that way, you're not going to delight in the law of the Lord. You're not going to delight in His Word. But whenever you go to Him and you say, God, teach me something today. Tell me something. Help me um, to, to be a better person for you today. How can I do that? Then whenever you read His Word, you're going to find things that you've never seen before. And you're going to find joy in going to His Word. And you're going to want to get in it each and every day. And that's what we see there in Psalm 1-2. He delights in the law of the Word. And then notice it says He meditates on it day and night. You know, so many times we go to the Word of God and we, we go and we see what it is that God has to tell us and then we shut the book and now we're on about our day. And we don't continue to think on it. Think on what it is that God told me this morning. And again, this happens so much easier and, and it, it becomes a part of you and, and you begin to do it whenever you go to God's Word with the right heart, with the right attitude, and that you're wanting to make a connection with Him. You're wanting to find out information about Him, just like you would with a, with a new boyfriend or a new girlfriend. I mean, you want to find out information about them so that I can know, you know, what is it that, that brings them joy? What is it that makes them smile? And so you go and you investigate these things because... You know, you want to be with this person. You want to spend time with them. And it should be the same thing with God. And whenever you go to God and you're like, man, I want to know you. I want to know what you have for me. I want to know what brings you joy. 
And, you know, then it's going to bring joy to your life as well. And so we meditate on it as we go throughout the day. We look at the Word from all different angles and, and think slowly on the, on the various truths that are found in it. And then number two there is the purpose for having a quiet time or the benefits of putting God's Word in our mind. In Psalm 119.11, Your Word I treasure in my heart that I may not sin against You. And so, one of the reasons for putting God's Word in our heart is so that it keeps us from sin. You know, going to the Word of God is going to help keep you from sin. That's the... The saying, I think it is that, uh, yeah, Chuck Swindoll and there are several other people who have it. Um, this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so true. So, you know, sin will keep us from this book or this book is going to keep us from sin. And the, and the decision is up to us. If we go to this Word, if we're in it on a regular basis, if, if we're abiding in Christ and we've got that close connection with Him, if we're meditating and thinking on His Word as we go throughout our day, then it's going to keep us from doing the wrong things. And so we need to hide God's Word in our heart. Psalm 119.11 Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's Word shows us the way that we need to be going. God's Word lights the path. But notice, it's a lamp into my feet, a light into my path. It's, it's a lamp. It's, it's not one of those big old shining lights and those LED lights. It's just a lamp that shows us one step at a time. And we have to trust Him as we go throughout our lives. So we've got to be in His Word every day to get the next step and the next step and the next step. We get that as we go into His Word. So we need to see His Word as important. We need to have this quiet time. But that takes us to the next thing. And what are some aspects of having a quiet time? What are some aspects of having a quiet time? There's four that we have written in the book here, but let's make our own list and see what we come up with. So what are some aspects that you do in your quiet time, or if you don't have one, what hypothetically would you do if you had one, or what will you start doing tomorrow whenever you start your quiet time? What are some things that we do in a quiet time? Well, I do. Sometimes at night time when I can't sleep, I turn my radio on their worship channel and just listen to okay. praise worship. Worship, listening to music? Yeah. Okay. What else? Be comfortable. Like, okay, like so... Set yourself up for success. Okay, so just get comfortable. Okay. Avoid distractions. Okay. I can't sit up there at my craft table. There's something, a project waiting for me to do. I have to, it has to be clear. Yeah. Okay. What do we do? Like, what, what are the aspects of the quiet time? Pray. Open the Bible. Okay. Pray. Pray. <clears throat> uh, I, for me personally, I find that it's better when I go there with 
an idea of what I'm going to uh, pray about, whether that is a request or just things. Okay. What else? Meditate on scripture. Okay, meditate. What do you got to do before you meditate on it? Read. Yeah. Read it. All right. So we're going to read the Word. What if you don't know where to go, what to even read? What if you don't even know where to go, Greg? That's how we start. Okay, we'll talk about that here in just a minute. Remind okay. me of that here in right. just a minute. Let's Let's finish this list of things first. I like to write out scripture. Okay, write out scripture. That's good. Also, maybe just write out what's on your mind at the moment. Okay. So you can bring it up in prayer. Okay, so I'm going to say journaling. journaling. Yeah. That would give you good ideas. Yes, that, that is excellent. I mean, and I think that's that's the key to a to a great quiet time because once it hits black and white, it kind of solidifies things a little bit more. Uh, you know, in reading the Bible, meditating on it. So you're meditating on it, and you turn it into words. You're reading it. I'm going to write out this scripture that you know is speaking to me um, I'm gonna write out you know what it what it's meaning to me um, what it is that God is is telling me today and I, and again whenever we start doing this then that's whenever this connection starts to happen and, and starts to grow whenever we start doing these things then that's whenever we start to delight in his word because you know it's becoming it's becoming more real. I mean, it's it's just like I said. I mean, whenever you write out something, it just becomes more real. And it's like, you know, I am going to do X, Y, Z based off of this verse or whatever. You know, I need to be doing this and I'm going to do this. You know, to say it is one thing because you say it and a lot of times you forget it. But whenever you write it down and then you open that journal up the next day, and you're like, oh yeah, I said I was going to do that. I didn't do very good at that. I'm going to write that back down today that, you know, I'm going to work on this next day. I'm going to work on this. And then it's right there and it comes back to mind. Anything else? <clears throat> kind of goes with that, but confession, if you have anything. Exactly. So I mean, in part as a part of part of prayer. I mean, confession. That'd be good to write out your confession. That'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that is that is a part of you know any of this can be done in in that journaling aspect, um, and makes things come to mind. The four that we have in here, um, number one is reading. 
reading the Scripture. And I will say this too. I mean, I think it's important that we read the Word of God. You know, there are some great devotionals out there um, and they're, they're great and they usually have a Scripture that goes with them, sometimes a verse, sometimes a, a passage or whatever that you look at. But there's no replacement for just getting into the Word of God raw, just like it is. Um, and so devotionals are great. I, I read a devotional every single day, but I don't do that in place of reading the Bible. I do that in addition to reading the Bible. And so just want to say that. I mean, I think devotionals are great um, because they give you great meaning and, and stuff as well. But again, it's somebody else's meaning based on a passage of Scripture, a verse of Scripture, or something that it meant to their life or meant to in history or meant in other aspects or whatever. But, you know, whenever you just allow God to talk to you and you can do the journaling, you that's kind of what journaling is sometimes is you're writing out, you know, your devotional for the day. And, uh, and so I just wanted to say that, I mean, you can read a lot of different things and it kind of goes back to what Patty asked, you know, how do you know what to read? Um, what is it that you read? And there's different reading plans that you can do um, that you you can find. Um, read through the Bible in a year. You can read through the New Testament in a year if you don't want to read as much. Um, you know, another good thing to do is a proverb a day. There's 31 proverbs and most months have 30 to 31 days. And so you can read that. And some people do that on a monthly basis. So 12 times a year, they get all the way through the through the Proverbs, reading a proverb a, a day because that's wisdom literature. The wise man does this, the foolish man does that. You know, and so am I doing things that are wise or am I doing things that are foolish? Um, you know, another thing that a lot of people do is just read through the Gospels on a regular basis. So John or Matthew 1 chapter 1 today, Matthew chapter 2 tomorrow, Matthew chapter 3 the next day, because you're over and over again seeing the life of Christ um, from those four different views, four different aspects. Um, you know, you can just pick a book of the Bible. I mean, there's not any rhyme or reason or set way as to the way to read the Bible. Um, but, you know, find something that is that is comfortable for you and and something to start with, and again, not going to it, trying to get an answer to a question or um, trying to get something out of it for yourself, but just trying to get to know God better and, and to, to build that connection with Him. That's what this quiet time is all about. So, number two is prayer. And... You know, we looked at all five different aspects of prayer. So whenever you're praying, I mean, you can do all five different aspects. You can do one, two, three different aspects, whatever it is that you want to do. Number three is meditation. Meditation. Just turning over those truths in your mind. Psalm 1-2, Joshua 1-8, This book shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. 
so you may be able to do according to all that's written in it, for then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have success. Success comes from living out the Word of God. And then number four is journaling. Journaling, and that's just writing out your thoughts, writing out your applications, writing out Scripture, like we talked about here. Writing out your confessions. I mean, whatever it is that that you feel that you know you want to write down in there. And be real in it. I mean, that's the thing. You know, so many people are like, you know, they get in there and they get real generic. But I mean, make it personal. I mean, this is your journal and, and your time with God. And this is you and Him and you and Him alone. And... Um, you know, write about what's going on in your life, your struggles, your, your trials. God, now you know I'm dealing with this issue or that issue. Um, and I need your help. I need your strength. All right. So those are the four, but we've got a good list up here um, of some other things that you can do. But whatever you do in your quiet time, and it doesn't have to be the same and, and structured the same way every day, um, you know, it's, you could spend more time reading and less time journaling. You could spend more time journaling because, you know, you just, I, I read two verses and then, man, there is just so much there and I'm stopping today. And this is, this is all I'm, I'm doing. And you may take off writing and thinking and, and meditating just on those two verses. But whatever it is, uh, I just encourage you to set aside a time, to find a time, and to make it happen. E there, success in having a quiet time. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror, glory of the Lord, and being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just from the Lord, the Spirit. So we need to understand the importance of God's Word. The more we get in it, the more we're going to be like Christ. We're going to be more reflective of His Word the more time that we spend in it. 1 Timothy 4, 7, But have nothing to do with worldly fables, but only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. We have to discipline ourselves. We need to stop trying to be like Christians and start training to be like Christians. That's what that word discipline, it means training ourselves. We need to discipline ourselves. We need to train ourselves to be more godly, to be transformed by the Word of God. And let me say this, spiritual disciplines are not done to, to check off a list. They're done to draw us to Christ. James 4.8 says, Draw near to God, and He'll draw near to you. That's why we're going and having this quiet time. So that we can draw near to God. So that He'll draw near to us. So that we can be transformed to be more like Christ. I love Ephesians 5.15-17. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. And so why do we need to make up make the most of our time? Because the days are evil. And if we don't make the most of our time, if we don't schedule our time, if we don't have a quiet time set aside with God, the world is going to eat up our time and we're going to have no time for Him. And so let's make the most of our time. 
And so that takes us to our summary. Number one there, prayer and quiet times are very important. Prayer and quiet times are very important. We saw the example in the lives of Jesus and Daniel. Prayer and quiet times are very important. We saw that in the examples from the lives of Jesus and Daniel. Number two, prayer consists of worship, thanksgiving, petition, intercession, and confession. Prayer consists of worship, thanksgiving, petition, intercession, and confession. Number three, our quiet time with God helps us maintain fellowship and grow to be like Christ. Our quiet time with God helps us maintain fellowship and grow to be like Christ. And number four, may we understand the importance of prayer May we understand the importance of prayer and our quiet time. And may we discipline ourselves to spend time with our God and Savior.